How's everybody doing today? I'm Isaac of Such Good Shoot, and uh, I just want to take a moment and I want to say uh, that we are really grateful to be a part of the Wrestling with Johners Network podcasting network. Uh, you can check it out, wrestlingwithjohners.com, and you can get all sorts of amazing shows on there. We're on there. You got Toilet Side Wrestling Talk with my man Brad Marcus. What do you say with DDJ, one of my favorites? You got Rope Break, Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast. Love that shit. You got Pro Wrestling Tonight. You got Pull Up a Seat, a wrestling podcast. You've got Wrestling with John Johners, Turnbuckle Arms podcast, and so, so much more. So go check that out. Go check us out at suchgoodshoot.com where you can find all of our shows, all of our current stuff. We've got we've got all sorts of written stuff, man. Shane's writing stuff. DDJ's writing stuff. Brad's going to be writing stuff. So we got written articles up there. You can find all the merch you can ever want. You got I'm Jewish with Isaac shirts. You got pillows. You got water bottles and mugs. So get out there, buy the merch, check us out. Check out Wrestling with Johners, Such Good Shoot, live Thursday nights, 10.05, every fucking Thursday. So come on out, have some fun. The following podcast is brought to you by the Johners Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjohners.com. Attention wrestling fans, you're now about to listen to the band. Coming down the aisle, from the main streets of South Elgin, Illinois, with a microphone in his hand and questions on his mind, this is What You Say with D DJ. What's up, everyone? DDJ back here with another episode of What Do You Say with DDJ. Uh, we are at episode 47, and boy, do I have a good one for you today. Uh, joining me today is a genuinely good dude who just recently announced his retirement from the world of professional wrestling. Those of you who were at the Chicagoland Championship Wrestling Show back uh, on June 12th, as well as the one back in October of last year, uh, we'll probably recognize this guy. He uh, was, uh, He's one half of the Tribunal, along with Paragon. Uh, joining me this week is God's Will, Jace Thorne. And uh, we're going to get uh, get some information from him about what led to his retirement, as well as his journey through the world of professional wrestling, and inc including uh, how he was introduced into the world of wrestling. So grab your drink, grab your snack, get comfy. Uh, kick back and enjoy episode 47 of What Do You Say with DDJ and my guest this week, Jace Thorne. Ladies and gentlemen and boys and girls, wrestling fans of all ages, this is Gregarious Greg Hansen, and you're listening to What Do You Say with DDJ on the Johnners Podcasting Network. All right, we are back with another episode of What Do You Say with DDJ, and joining me this week is a man who just recently announced his retirement from the world of professional wrestling. Uh, he is known as God's Will, Jace Thorne. Jace, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well, man. I'm blessed. How are you? Good. Thank you so much. I am doing quite well myself. Thank you so much for asking, and thank you for uh, coming on to chat with me here for a little bit. Yeah, no problem at all. All right, so I'm going to get right into it. So one of the first questions I usually ask my guests when I have them on the show, and you're definitely going to be no exception, is, uh, Jace, how did you discover professional wrestling? Oh, man. Um, so wrestling is just one of those things that, um, from the time I can remember, it just kind of was always on uh, TV. I would, you know, anywhere from my my great-grandma's house to my, my uh, grandpa's house to, you know, just in the living room with my big brother growing up. Um, it just, everybody was watching. I grew up, um, when I first started seeing it on TV, it was during the Monday night wars. So, I mean, it was during a pretty, uh, pretty epic time for the, for the business. So, I mean, what better time to, to break into it. Right. <laughs> Excuse me. Yes. And, uh, 
I absolutely agree because that is honestly what a lot of people consider to be the greatest period in, you know, the history of pro wrestling. So, okay, so you mentioned Monday Night Wars. Uh, when you first started watching, were you WCW or WWF guy? Honestly, uh, split time between both. My my, when I was home with my brother, uh, he was a big WCW guy. He was a huge Sting fan. Um, so you know, we would be watching WCW. But when I was at my my grandfather's house or uh, my great grandma's house, we'd be watching uh, WWF. She was a huge fan of The Rock, mm -hmm. and, and uh, my grandfather was was a huge uh, Stone Cold fan. So. Okay, cool. So you got a little bit of both uh, in that. So, so yeah. you mentioned like you know, heard Stone Cold, Sting, The Rock, and stuff. But personally, Jace, who were some of your favorites when you first started watching? Yeah, for me, the the two guys that caught my eye right out the gate as a kid. Um, I enjoyed Stone Cold just because the pops that he would get when he came out, like the glass would break and you knew it was it was intense. Um, and then Kane was actually a guy because, you know, I was a kid, I was a young kid. So I see the, all the red and the mask and everything. And it really uh, it kind of captured my imagination. And I found it very intriguing. Yeah, he's a uh, very underrated. You know, it was nice to see him. Uh, Kane finally get inducted in the Hall of Fame earlier this year. Definitely long overdue. Yes. And that's so. So you had mentioned that you, your one of your things was trying to find uh, a way to get in. How did you end up finding that in? Did you like look, find in a magazine? Did you see something online? A TV commercial? So, so honestly, you know, I grew up with the, with the, the pro wrestling illustrated magazines as well mm -hmm. as, uh, you know, looking at all the, the internet clips and everything. And, um, you know, the guys that I looked up to, um, as I was growing up, I was, you know, trying to study where they, where they went and most of them went to OVW. Um, so I, I got on OVW's website and just kind of checked out and saw what was going on there. And, and I saw that, you know, they had a beginner's course that you could, you know, you could pay and come off the street and, uh, mm -hmm join their class and you know that was something that really intrigued me and i decided that was the route i wanted to go and uh what was it like training down in ovw oh man it was awesome uh at the time danny davis still owned it um it was before al snow came in and bought um and my my trainer at the time was uh matt capitelli god rest his soul yes and, and, very um, familiar with him yes yes just a genuinely great human being and um you know someone that i didn't get to spend as much time as I would have liked to with him, but he made a huge impact on me. And, um, he really, he really taught me, um, so much, not just about the wrestling business, but about life in general and how to, um, you know, face adversity and just keep fighting no matter, you know, what the circumstances look like. That's awesome. Yeah. It's just, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Matt Capitelli, I believe he was runner up the third season of Tough Enough that uh, John, or no, he was one of the winners, correct? Along yeah. with uh, with John Morrison. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. They and, had two winners that season. Yes. And uh, unfortunately, he passed away a number of years ago due to brain cancer. I believe it was brain cancer, wasn't it? Yes, sir. Yes. So, yeah, just uh, I know the story you told about him. That's I've heard a lot of people say that about him. So, yeah, it's definitely, you know just a truly tragic story to think, you know, what could have been, you know, had he not gotten sick. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we heard stories and rumors about how he was um, originally supposed to be brought up with the Miz um, in a tag team. And, you know, the thought of, you know, you see how charismatic the Miz is and how, mm -hmm. how far he's come in his career. And, and Matt was just a special man. And I feel like they could have really been uh, really been a special, special team. And, you know, everything in the world works out the, the way you know god plans it to and and it's it's a shame sometimes and it's hard to understand sometimes but you know it just it is the way it is man i i know that all too well uh um so uh so after your time in ovw uh where did you go after that so after ovw um you know i i, I spent a couple weeks in rip rogers class um i wasn't able to uh to afford to make the drive down there as much because I was still in college at the time. Uh, mm -hmm. So I just really started uh, taking bookings. You know, uh, my original tag team partner, uh, Dalton Moss and I, um, we were booked right out of the gate um, by a, a promotion. I don't think they're known as this anymore, but at the time they were uh, bandit wrestling uh, out, okay. of, out of Knoxville, Tennessee. And uh, yeah, we were booked literally the night after our showcase um after we finished training and they um they asked us to come down for a, a tag tournament they said you know we can't guarantee you a spot but if there is one we'll put you on there well we when we got down there um 
the, just the, the the names that we were you know surrounded by you know we had guys like literally the first guy I shook hands with when I walked in was MJF um oh wow Myron, yeah Myron Reed was on that show Daniel Eads was on that show like just so many huge names and he and I you know we you know we did pretty well for you know starting out and everything but man we we were like way out of our league we had no business being there um and they ended up putting us in a scramble match because there were so many teams down there scramble match was not something to write home about but uh you know it was it was a really cool experience to share a locker room and you know uh dave and jake crisp uh were on the show um there was i mean there was just huge independent names all over the place and um it was uh it was it was really a an impressive show to be listed on, but uh, we we had no business being there at that time. But it was it was a rude awakening, and it opened our eyes. So. Gotcha. So you so you mentioned uh, MJF. So I gotta ask, is he was he as big of a jerk back then as he is now, brother? He uh, he lives the gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I hear. He lives the gimmick, man. That's awesome. He was he, he was he was fun to be around though, and it's a cool experience to think you know that you know shared a locker room with him, and you see how far he's gone, and it, it's really mm-hmm. impressive. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's the biggest jerk in the world, but there's no denying he's like uber talented. So. Oh man, and, and at such a young age, man, it's very yep. impressive. Yeah, very. All right, so so going on from there, uh, when um, like I'm, when did you start like find like what were some of the organizations that you started working for like once like your training was done like and you found yourself kind of like starting to like you know okay this is a place where I can kind of see myself you know coming you know to work you know every week or every month depending on when they ran shows. Yeah, I mean, I started out you know. Um in the Kentucky area, I worked a couple of smaller shows down there. Um, then I just, my biggest thing was like, I want to get as many places as I can. So, you know, I ended up working in eight different States, um, in the four years that I was active. And, you know, I worked for companies like, uh, infinite pro wrestling, um, WTF, uh, wrestling theology fellowship. Um, I worked with, uh, KZW, um, geez uh new i mean multiple multiple um i think i ended up i have i have a list of like i think it was like 25 different promotions that i worked for um and really the ones that i stuck with the the longest were uh kzw when i was first cutting my teeth and then it turned into uh wrestling theology as well as new i was working for those guys quite a bit and um you know, Chicago land was another one that really stepped up there towards the end and started to give me a shot as well. So, yeah, we'll obviously get into uh, Chicago land a little bit later here. We're going to get on in the interview, but you mentioned um, uh, WTF wrestling theology. Was it fellowship or federation? Fellowship. Fellowship. Uh, so obviously, you know, those that, you know, may not be of a religious background, such as myself and stuff. Uh, what is that? Uh, obviously, something like a wrestling theology fellowship is probably something different than your traditional wrestling organization. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah. Yeah. To an extent. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still, you know, a basic wrestling show. Obviously, uh, it's PG. Um, you know, there's not going to be any you know, cursing or, uh, you know, a uh, collar or anything like that in the show. Mm. But, uh, and then, and then like in the intermission, they do have a message where, you know, someone comes out and, you know, uh, essentially gives a message, for, you know, about something to do with scripture, the Bible, you know, maybe their past experience or what, what's on their heart at that time. Um, and it, it can be any, anyone from, a, a, a wrestler or, or somebody that's working for the promotion or even the, uh, even the booker, um, just there's, there's multiple people that have, that have given the message. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, uh, NEW now, is that, uh, the NEW that's kind of pretty well known in like the Northeast or is this a different NEW? This is the NEW in, uh, Indiana. I can't, God forgive me. I cannot remember the, the name of the town that they run in. Oh, okay. No problem. <laughs> but, but yeah, they, they, uh, they run out of Indiana. That's where I spent the majority of my career was in the mm-hmm. Indiana area. Now, was there anybody like, uh, that you mentioned like, a little bit earlier with like, you know, when you were there with MJF, the Christ brothers amongst others and stuff like during your time, like touring the independence, did you come across anybody with anybody or have any interactions with anybody that people might know today? Like if they tune on, turn on, like say ring of honor, impact, AEW, whatever. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I was in a, 
I was in a battle royal um, early in my career with uh, Road Warrior Animal. God rest his soul as well. Uh, one of my favorites. Yeah, definitely. He was uh, he was really cool. He was actually the first pro wrestler I ever met in my life back when I was uh, back when I was like ten years old. Uh, nice. So the fact so the fact that it came full circle and I got to work with him in a in a battle royal was really really special. And then I also um, interfered in a match that Carlito was in. And uh, got to you know cause a cause a uh, uh, little bit of a chaotic finish in that, so that was really cool too because he was a guy I grew up watching as well. Nice. So, uh, I like I mentioned before, Road Warrior Animal is one of my favorites. I had the pleasure of meeting him and uh, Hawk back in 2003, like about four months or so before Hawk passed away, and uh, class acts all the way. But I got to ask, what was it? What was it like to work with Animal? Animal was uh, he was real laid back, man. Uh, you know, he, he just had a real laid back demeanor. He was, you know, letting everybody, you know, uh, mark out and hold the shoulder pads and whatever. And he was just mm -hmm. real chill. And then when, you know, when it was time to do business, he went out and, uh, you know, did what he had to do. And, uh, he was very good about, you know, giving, uh, you know, honest and real critiques to people in their mm -hmm. matches. You know, I, he was kind of, you know, like I said, I was in the battle Royal that night, but like there was a couple matches beforehand and, you know, he was really, good about you know giving them solid feedback and um critiquing them in a way that uh was was tough but in a respectful way he didn't you know down anyone or make anyone feel um, bad for you know something they did he just was very brutally honest with them and you know you can't you can't help but respect that out of the guy absolutely agree so uh yeah so um so when did you, when did, like, how far into, like, your, your career did it feel like things started to really click and you, like, you kind of started really understanding everything and started, like, you know, kind of getting the hang, getting the hang of it, so to speak? Uh, to be completely honest with you, man, um, I don't know if I ever truly, truly clicked and gelled uh, the way some guys do. Uh, for mm -hmm. me, it was always a learning experience. I was, um, I, I came a long way from where I began, that's for sure. But I still wasn't at that point where I felt, um, not that, not that I couldn't handle myself in the ring because I could do just about anything you asked me to do or, or post for anything you asked me to post. But to to go out and call like a, a sixty minute Broadway, there's no way. There's no way I wouldn't be able to. Do it. Um, but like it, it, it's such an art form and there's so many little minor um, nuances and little pieces that people don't even realize. And, and, you know, people, you know, that are fans and only fans and watch it on TV, those guys make it look so easy and so simple. And it's it's not as easy as it looks. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I have all the, the respect in the world for what you guys do just because, yeah, it's. It's not as easy as it looks when you watch it on TV. That's for sure. Yeah, that's for, that's for sure. I mean, there, there's a reason those guys are the best in the world. So Right. So, uh, and again, we'll get into this a little bit later on and stuff. But uh, pretty much the time that I've known you, you were part of a tag team. But obviously, I'm assuming you had some uh, spent some significant time as a singles wrestler, correct? Uh, yeah, I did. I, I've like you said, man, I was predominantly in tag teams most of my career. Yeah. And then so, so some, for, 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 coming from uh, someone who has done both, um, like when it comes to like preparing for a match, is it harder to prepare for say a two on two tag team match versus a one on one? Oh yeah. Uh, it's way harder that, you know, when it's one on one, there's two people you got to think for. There's two people that have got to be on the same page when you got four guys out there, that's four moving parts. That's four different minds. That's four guys, uh, you know, trying to, you're trying to, you know, paint a picture and create a story with four different minds and, and you know, everybody's got to be on the same page. So it is, it is a lot more difficult, uh, in a tag, in a tag environment. Oh yeah, definitely. And stuff. So, um, so since we're talking about tag teams, um, who is your favorite tag team of all time and why? Oh man, that, uh, that would be Los Guerreros, man. Los Guerreros. Oh, okay. And I, I and was, that's how Paragon and I connected right out the gate. I am a huge Eddie Guerrero fan, man. Always have been, always will be. Mm -hmm. uh, also a big fan of Chavito. He, um, yeah. he gets, he's very underrated and underappreciated. Absolutely. Uh, 
I have an enormous amount of respect for that guy and his work and, and you know, the, the body of work he's, he's put into every promotion that he's been a part of. Um, man, I loved those guys. They, you know, that was the time when I can really remember more than anything, sitting down and really watching with my grandpa, we would watch SmackDown back in those days when man, they were just loaded with talent and, oh man, so much fun. Uh, the, the whole cheating to win thing. That's literally my, my first tag team out of OVW with my original partner, Dalton Moss. We, we were, our tag name was the smooth criminals. And we ran a super similar gimmick. Um, we were we were the guys that found a way to you know smoothly cheat to win and operate and everything. And man, it, like just the entertainment factor on that that and the fact that they were supposed to be heels and became such big baby faces. Like it just goes to show how entertaining and how awesome that that truly was. Right. And I liked a couple of things I want to kind of talk about here real quick. You know, after you mentioned that uh, one, uh, you mentioned your uh, partner Paragon, who I had, you know, on my show a few episodes back, I believe it was episode 27. And I tell people to this day that it's probably out of all the interviews I've done, probably one of, if not my best ones and stuff. And we did spend a lot of time talking about Eddie Guerrero. So it's nice to see that that's ultimately kind of like how you guys started your, you know, your friendship and stuff. But, uh, yeah, kind of going back into uh, the tag team, the Smooth Criminals, this begs the question, were you guys lucky enough to uh, have been able to use Michael Jackson's Smooth Criminal as your entrance theme? We actually ended up using the Alien Ant Farm version of it. Oh, um, nice. We, did, we, used the, we used the Michael Jackson um, a couple times, but we normally use the Alien Ant Farm version. Um, and it, it, it was actually just a... Uh, it was a rib on, on him. We were, mm. you know, we had been a tag team and we didn't really have a tag name for the longest time. And we always traveled together. And every time he would plug his phone into the GPS um, and his car, it would, um, it would connect to Bluetooth and alien ant farm being an A, it was the first song that would play. Every single <laughs> time. It was just always just bam. And he would just get so annoyed with it. And when we were trying to come up with a team name, I was like, we're the smooth criminals, man. We're coming out to Alien Ant Farm. And it, it just stuck and it became a thing. Wow, that, that's that's a great story. So um, so knowing that your buddy was um, like really annoyed because, you know, we plug in the iPhone and stuff. I know that feeling where it gets that one song that you really don't want to hear every <laughs> single time you plug in your phone and stuff. What was uh, his reaction like when you suggested Smooth Criminals as your tag team name? Did he kind of give you like one of those seriously type looks, or it it was uh, it was a very it was an eye roll and a, a chuckle because that was just the, that's the relationship he and I've always had, always just trying to one up each other and rib each other and just always giving each other a hard time. But uh, he actually ended up liking the idea of it, and and it ran for quite a while. We did it for about a year or so. Nice. And uh, did you get, did you, uh, when, now uh, when you uh, uh, left uh, OVW, did you, uh, did you, uh, did he come with you or did he, was he still around? Did he stick around OVW after you left? Uh, he came with me because uh, we were both from Ohio. Uh, mm -hmm. We actually, that's, it was the craziest thing we connected there. It was the first time we'd ever met each other and we lived 20 minutes away from each other. Uh, so that, you know, just all kind of lined up and made sense and, and, that's how the that's how the tag team got started and the, the friendship got started and everything. But uh, yeah, he came with me and we just you know we'd help each other get bookings and then we met Paragon along the way and we all all three of us would ride together and help each other get bookings and everything. Okay, so let's get right into it. Uh, how how did how did you uh, meet Paragon? Like what what was the story behind? What was the origin story between between uh, you guys meeting? So I was there. Uh, for Paragon's debut match. Um, I had started uh, taking bookings, gosh, like I think a month or two before he started. And um, we were in a very janky uh, rundown promotion in Ohio that had no business running. And, you know, we were young green kids that thought, oh, heck, we got a booking. We're doing all right for ourselves. And uh, we we got there and started chatting and and. Uh, literally got on a conversation about um, hot sauce at first. That was literally the first conversation we had was about hot sauce. I can't remember why or how it got brought up. And then he saw me pull my gear out and my tights were um, 
dedicated to Eddie. They had, you know, I had the flames on the side and everything, and they were very similar to his tights. And so instantly the Eddie Guerrero conversation started. And, um, yeah, I mean, it just kind of kicked off from there. And then he had his debut match and, you know, came back and asked me for critiques like I had any business giving him any. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, from there, we just kind of, you know, we were at that promotion for, I think, maybe one or two more shows and, uh, you know, obviously stayed in touch. And then we were just like, man, we got to get out of here and start getting, you know, real bookings and, uh, you know, start taking care of each other. So then he, me, him and my, uh, my partner at the time, we, uh, we just kind of started connecting and helping each other get bookings from there. And this is about, uh, around what year? Well, 2017 this would have been the fall slash winter of 2017 okay so not that long ago so nope all right so so yeah so uh so i gotta ask you now um obviously you know you've been friends with uh paragon for a few years now and stuff like that and i can definitely see that it extends well beyond the world of professional wrestling because you know the message that he wrote to you when you announced your retirement. And I know you just recently wrote his birth. He just celebrated a birthday recently and you wrote him a very nice message on Facebook and stuff. So when did it come, when did it with you two, when did it go from being just a friendship, like say, just because you guys, I guess for lack of a better term, work together. Um, but to the, when did it become more than that? And like, he became like, you how you what you would we would call you know a brother you know yeah yeah um yeah he's definitely my brother um in and out of the business um but really i mean it's just it's from all the time all the hours on the road all the all the miles traveled and just having those deep conversations and um you know i you know staying at his apartment when he was you know still in an apartment with his mom and getting close with you know him and his mom and getting to know them better and you know, they began, you know, treating me like family and, you know, I feel the same way about them. And it's just, man, after you spend so much time on the road together and you're, you know, with the the boys more than you're with your, your, your own family and everything, then you just kind of, you build that bond and that trust with each other. And, uh, you know, he and I had, have always had very similar mindsets on a lot of things, um, including the business. And, um, yeah, I just, we had a lot in common and just, uh, yeah, man. And like I said, we were traveling clear to the state of Delaware. That's, you know, a nine hour drive one way. That's a lot of time in a car with each other. So we, yeah. uh, we are you, we hug it out. We laugh, we cry, we everything, man. Like we we're, we're brothers now. Yeah. And that's, that's really awesome. Cause, Cause again, I can see that just by the, your, the guy, the messages and the posts you guys exchange, you know, between each other on uh, Facebook and stuff. So one thing that I've never really thought of asking on this, and I kind of just thought about this, uh, you know, while you were talking about, you know, being on the road with him for hours at a time, this is something I think I'm going to start asking my guests. So you're kind of like uh, making history here with this next question. Okay. Where's like, where's like your, where's like, your favorite place to stop on the road the road to uh get a meal waffle house nice easy money waffle house man uh after a show it is one in the morning and you're in the middle of nowhere and you see the the big golden you know waffle house sign man that's yep. like that's like seeing the the holy grail oh man i'm all about i'm all about smashing some waffle house after a show man that's uh that was one of the the big stops every time, no matter what state we were in. I was always upset anytime we went to Michigan, and uh, you know because they don't have Waffle House up there. So I was always real depressed because had to go to Denny's or IHOP or something like that. And don't get me wrong. And if anybody that's listening to this works for Denny's or IHOP, we're not. Neither one of us are saying that the food <laughs> at those places are bad because it is not. It is not. But there's just something about Waffle House. I think I've only eaten at a Waffle House once, and man, oh man, it was awesome. It so. Uh, so what was like your, uh, what was like the one, what was the, like your, your typical Waffle House meal? Oh, my typical Waffle House meal is a uh, Texas bacon, egg, and cheese melt, hash browns, smothered Ooh. and capped, and uh, you got to get a waffle. You can't go without getting a waffle. So yeah, brother, that, that and the chocolate milk, that's always the way to go. 
man, I'm about ready to hop in my car right now. Tell the wife I'm going. Well, no, actually, I can't because I'm not medically cleared to drive right now. So I would have to find someone to come take me, pick me up and take me to a Waffle House. But man, that sounds good right about now. <laughs> Brother, I got one right down the street from my apartment. It's always so tempting. And you and you currently live where? I live in Grove City, Ohio. It's a suburb of Columbus. Okay, so not that far of a drive, but I'm not. I I, I don't think you're, I, nor would I expect you to drive all the way to <laughs> out by Chicago, five hours or whatever to come get me, just to take me all the way back. Yeah, it would be way too, way, way not worth the gas for that. So <laughs> I don't know, man. Waffle House is usually usually worth it. True. True. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, so now we're kind of getting on into the, uh, you know, the more recent times and stuff. And, uh, I always like to ask because again, you know, I've gotten to meet a lot of you through the CCW shows and stuff. And I just want to ask how did, uh, Chicago land championship wrestling enter the fold? Uh, so something that, uh, Paragon had actually, uh, connected with John Bullard, um, mm-hmm there and you know john's a fantastic guy and john absolutely yeah he's he's amazing i can't go into i i can't begin to go in how how good of a dude he is but uh uh he had actually seen me before um back when i was working in kentucky at god only knows which promotion it was and um you know uh paragon had originally the plan was for him and uh chris moore to tag there and chris um had something come up and wasn't able to make the show and uh Mm -hmm. you know john was like hey let's you know let's have jace come along you know he reached out to me and uh it was uh you know i hopped on the hopped on it absolutely for one to take care of kj because you know paragon because he needed he needed a partner and i wasn't gonna leave him hanging like that and uh you know too because why why wouldn't i want to go to chicago man like it's such an awesome atmosphere such a great Mm -hmm. uh great market for wrestling and a uh, great way, you know, CCW is very professional and a great way to, you know, get your name and get yourself out there because, you know, you guys are on Amazon Prime, man. That's that's gold. That's a golden opportunity. That's so, big. That's big deal. That's a very, very big deal. Yeah. So I was like, absolutely sign me up and um, came down in October and, uh, you know, Paragon and I had a had a really good time and uh, a pretty solid showing and, and we were asked to come back. Yeah. And, uh, both uh, both matches that you've had in uh, CCW were against No Coast, uh, uh, Crazer and Blues. Um, talk, you guys, now this last, the last match you just recently had a couple weeks ago got pretty pretty violent and stuff. I believe some, there was like a little bit of bloodshed, and someone had to go to the hospital. And uh, I also believe you guys, or at least Paragon, was. Uh, up to up to something uh, after the show concluded with uh, one of the voices of CCW, Steve Aaron, and stuff. And uh, yeah, so uh, what it what, tell me what it was first off before we go into the whole thing with Paragon and Steve. Um, the what 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 it, what what's it what was it like working with No Coast? No Coast was uh, they were a lot of fun, man. They're very uh, they're very creative. They're very um, entertaining. Uh, and they're in, you know, they're solid hands in the ring. Uh, those guys are, um, they have a lot of potential. They have a lot of, um, they have a lot of things going in the right direction for them. I think they can definitely make some noise, um, in the Midwest and really, um, anywhere they travel, you know, in the tag division, um, mm. they were, they were a lot of fun to work with, man. They, they got super creative with some of the promos and so did we, you know, we went back and forth yeah. and had a, had a really solid, uh, promo battle. And, uh, it was a lot of fun. Cause you know, when they, when they put something new out, we were like, man, now we got to up, up the ante, you know, we got to try something, you know, more. Uh, mm. and you know, that's, that's when it's fun when you're, when you're, when your opponent is forcing you to get more and more creative and think outside the box and do something to, you know, get the get the people excited and like like wanting to see the match and wanting to see okay who's who's gonna fire the shot next you know like man this is crazy and man we we had a lot of fun with that they're they're awesome yeah i was gonna say you talked about the the promo videos they did the one that instantaneously grabbed my attention was the wayne's world style one they did i i love the wayne's world movies and seeing that was just it was it was awesome and i was like okay these guys are cool yeah and i think that i think the dynamic of uh 
are our two teams being polar opposites you know they yes. are fun loving and let's you know spoof you know movies and this and that and whatever and we were more serious we're taking care of the neighborhood we are a mob we are taking care of business you know we are we're here to handle you know the 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 dirty work so to speak mm. and and they were you know all fun loving and laid back and we and i like the story that we told where we really were forcing them out of their their comfort zone and forcing them to um essentially grow up and be you know you know really come at us and be and be mainly about it and and it was a it was a fun dynamic and a fun story to tell yeah okay so that actually leads me into a question here that i definitely would like to get your insight on um you talked about, you know, the promos and kind of going back and forth and doing, you know, the whole idea of one-upsmanship. Um, and then also to the storytelling as well. How, how, how important do you feel like the, that storytelling and like promos and, you know, the whole kind of, I guess it's kind of like the Michael Jordan aspect where how, when he played, he made everyone around him better. You know, it's like you had to up your game and stuff. Like how vital are those having those mindsets to uh, the overall uh, professional wrestling product as a whole, in your opinion? It's huge, man. Uh, you look at the Monday Night Wars, like they had to outdo each other. They had to one up each other. They were always fighting for ratings and fighting. And at the Ooh. end of the day, the promos, the storytelling, that's what put that's what puts ass in the seats. The 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 cool moves and the and the crazy flips and dives and stuff yeah that's all sweet that's all cool and it's all part of a show and it, it and it can be but the the promos the storytelling all of that that's what puts asses in seats and that's what makes people want to tune in because i can be honest with you like growing up i can remember story like from what i watched as a kid when i was infatuated with wrestling and i was living in kayfabe i can I can't tell you what moves were done, what sequence of moves were done, how, you know, what this dive looked like or anything like that. But I can damn sure tell you what that story made me feel like. And I can tell you, you know, the the heels that I would get so just angry with that I wanted to punch a hole through my TV screen and the the faces that I was so behind and wanted them to win and was so down when they got cheated out of a victory. Like the storytelling, man, that's that's what the business is that's what it's supposed to be um and I, I feel like sadly that's an art form that's been lost in a lot of ways these days yeah i really don't think i could have summed that up any better um you talked about you know the heel face dynamic um as um you know those that follow ccw know you know you the tribunal are heels um, but did you have an, did you ever, did you, uh, also work as a face during your time in the business? I did. Um, I was not great as a face, so I worked mm. predominantly heel, but, um, yes, I did. I did have a little bit of a face run in a few places. And, uh, what is it about working as a heel that kind of allowed you to achieve, you know, the successes in that you've been able, been lucky enough and fortunate enough to achieve in the business. Like what was it about being a heel that kind of almost seemed easier for you to kind of work as? Uh, for me being a heel, it was easier to tap into um, an aggressive mindset. Um, I was not much of a guy, like in my, my in-ring work uh, though, you know, was solid for the most part. I was never a flashy guy. I never did anything that was uh, mm. going to make somebody jump out of their seat and go, Ooh, wow. So I was, I was better at, you know, basics, striking, things like that. And that's predominantly heel type, you know, work. And, uh, you know, being able to really tap into, you know, cause I, I had taken some acting courses before and being able to tap into moments in my life where, you know, I was angry or I wanted to say something really terrible, but kept myself away from it. And now I get to unleash all of that and, you know, just really let it all out and just be, uh, be despicable, but in an entertaining way, man. And it was, uh, it, it was just fun to tap into that because I try, I'm, I'm such a laid back person in, in my everyday yeah. personal life that like being able to tap into that and let some of that aggression out, like, man, that was, that was fun. 
Okay, so maybe this might answer partially. They might have partially answered my next question, but uh, and I'm, but I'm still going to ask it anyways. Like I said, you seem like a very laid back and chill, very you no know, down to earth guy. At least that's my experiences with you and the you know time interacting with you in person at the last CCW show, as well as on Facebook and you know on a messenger, you know when kind of coordinating, setting up a time for us to do the show and stuff. But it it always seems to me like the the guys that play the best heels like almost always in real life are some of the nicest people you'll ever meet and i was just wondering well, why is that that the case or if there any or is it the how you mentioned about kind of just being able to kind of let some of that inner aggression out or is there a little bit more to that you know um i can't speak for you know anybody else but i mm. i can just say on my on my end you know it was always just letting the aggression out that I've, that I've kept pent up for a long time because I'm one of those people that like, I'm very uh, self-aware and I'm very, um, you know, I understand other people's emotions um, very well. So I'd always try to, you know, watch what I say and watch how I interact around people because I don't, you know, I don't like, I'm not a drama person. I don't like to, you know, say anything that's going to make anybody feel some, some certain type of way. Um, mm. But like, man, being able to just, channel that and 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 let it out and be entertaining with it man like that that's where it was fun man you could just let everything that you'd bottled up and just let it all out and and get a reaction from it man that's that's what it was all about awesome so a couple more questions here and then we'll kind of start wrapping it up um obviously you've talked about how you were a wrestling fan back in you know when you first got in like the you know during the monday night wars and stuff um, do you still follow uh, the uh, product today, like uh, the main companies? Very sporadically. Um, I will watch a couple pay-per-views here and there. You know, like I, I did watch Hell in a Cell, I think it was last weekend. Um, but to say I watch it on a weekly basis, uh, that just I'd be lying to you if I told you that. Okay. And uh, when you do watch, like, uh, who are some of your uh, – like your current faves on like, you know, that are on national TV every week. Yeah. I'm a big fan of, uh, carrying cross. I think what he's doing right now in NXT is awesome. Yes. Uh, love, love his gimmick. Love the way he, he carries himself, man. Um, uh, let's see. I love, uh, I love what Lashley's doing in MVP. MVP is mm-hmm. freaking amazing. I, I've loved MVP ever since I was a kid when he was on SmackDown back in the day, running the U S championship and all that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else out there. Um, Bianca Belair, what she's doing right now, man, she has had an incredible year. Um, yep. Extremely athletic. Uh, very, very impressive. The, the resume she's put together in just a year's time. Um, I saw something, uh, I think it was posted a couple of days ago. It's something about, you know, she won, you know, the Royal Rumble. She won the main event of the first night of WrestleMania and she won her first Hell in a Cell match. Like not many people can put that all on a resume in one year, man. That's very, very impressive. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I love seeing some of the guys, you know, I grew up watching. I'm, a, I'm still a huge Orton fan. I think what he's doing right now is a heels awesome. Um, big fan of seeing Edge come back. So glad he got to, you know, come back and he's able to, you know, go out on his own terms this time around. And mm-hmm. man, he's, he's really put together some amazing promos as well. Um, but yeah, man, there's, there's a lot of guys that, you know, are on my mind that I'm thinking about, but just slipping, slipping right now. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, but, uh, but yeah. Um, so a uh, couple more things here. Um, so I'm going to give you some time here uh, again. Re- I mentioned I made a reference to this uh, uh, like right at the beginning of the uh, the show. But uh, recently on Facebook, you announced your retirement from the world of professional wrestling. Um, I want you to kind of take me you know, take a let's take I want to take a little bit of a journey into the mind of uh, Jace. I want to take a little bit into journey into the mind of Jeremy. Um, and talk about what, like, kind of when you first started thinking about retiring, and then ultimately what was like the deciding factor that you know you kind of done what you wanted to do and just felt it was kind of time to uh, to you know, hang up the tights. So yeah, uh, you know, for me it was um, 
it's been a multitude of things, but I can honestly say, uh, the beginning of it started back, um, back in 2019, it was, uh, towards the end of the year, I think it was probably about October. Um, I was, I was doing a three show loop. I was in, uh, Indianapolis on, on Friday. I was in, uh, Lexington, Kentucky on Saturday, and I was in Detroit, Michigan on Sunday. Mm. And, um, the Sunday show in Detroit, I actually wrestled uh, Chris Moore, who's another good friend of mine, brother, part of the tribunal. Yes. Uh, we, actually, we actually worked each other uh, that night. And um, in the match, we had, a, we had a spot where, you know, uh, he caught me and hit me with a uh, Samoan drop. And when he hit me with the Samoan drop, it was, it was mostly my fault. I didn't get the complete rotation that I needed. And we were in a, a janky ring man to say the best it was uh say the least it was probably uh honestly a boxing ring it was very hard and um mm -hmm. i uh i didn't get complete rotation the side of my head slammed into the mat and i was knocked out cold um had a concussion and i had to take some time off um when i you know went to the doctor and everything and got that all taken care of. I, I sat and thought about it, you know, and I, like I said, I played football previously. I played football for 12 years. I had a couple concussions there. Um, then I had that severe one. It was the first time I'd ever been knocked out cold like that. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that was when, you know, I had to take time off obviously to, to let my, to let my brain heal and everything. And that was honestly when I first started thinking like, man, I don't know. And, uh, cause you know, I I'm, I'm looking in my future, you know, do I want to, Yes, I could carve out a really impressive career and do all these great things, but do I want to be slobbering on myself when I'm 60 years old? You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, so that was, you know, my thought process at first. And then, you know, I caught the bug and got back in it and started back again in uh, January of uh, 2020. And then obviously, as we know, I was about three, four shows in and then the pandemic hit. Um, and when the pandemic hit, that was really one of the, one of the big factors there was like, as I was, you know, at home and had time to regroup and settle myself and really sit and think and stew on things. And I, and I'm seeing, you know, my, my, you know, brothers and sisters in the wrestling business, I see them all, you know, on social media and just really been out of shape and like, man, I, I hate that we're not having shows and I don't know what to do with myself. And I'm really struggling with this. And I was over here like, dude, I, this doesn't bother me a bit. And that right there, like, opened my eyes, like, man, if this isn't bothering me that I can't do this, then maybe it's time to step away. Mm -hmm. uh, and then once we came back from the, the pandemic, you know, I started getting back into it. And then that was about the time we started, um, John and Paragon and myself started formulating the uh, God's Will character. And it was something new. It was something fresh. It was something that, um, you know, really garnered my interest. And I was really um, into it and helping, you know, studying different movies and different um, workers from the past and different things and trying to, uh, you know, really formulate a solid um, gimmick and character and uh, persona. And I, you know, I got really into it, like I said, there for a while. And then it was just like all at once I just started, like we started working shows and doing things again. And I was, you know, defending the tag titles at wrestling theology fellowship and, you know, when, when the match would end, it was just like, man, I, I wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't enjoying myself. I felt like, you know, I'm, I'm not putting on as good of matches as I could or should. And, um, you know, I, I was trying everything I could think of to rekindle my passion for it. And it just felt like it wasn't coming. So, um, you know, ultimately I decided, you know, um, I, I knew it was close. And then, Obviously, I just recently got engaged, and um, congratulations! I appreciate that, man. And my uh, fiance, my fiance and I, we have a we have a baby girl on the way. She's due here in about a month, month and a half. Wow! Congratulations again. Appreciate that, man. So you know, a little bit of all that, you know. And I was looking at, I was thinking about everything. And when we got back from the Chicago Land show uh, a couple weeks ago, we got we pulled into my apartment at uh, six a.m. Uh, the sun was coming up and I was like, man, it's, I, I know it's part of the business, but I was like, man, I, it's not fair to my fiance. You know, to, I'm thinking future. It's not fair to leave her behind and, and, you know, 
enjoy what I want to enjoy, but leave her behind to take care of everything and be both a mom and dad. And, right. um, you know, I just, I, I want to be a part of my daughter's life. I want to be there to see her first steps. I want to be there on her first day of school. I want to be there when she says her first words. So mm-hmm. you know, as much as at one time I loved the wrestling business, um, there's something now that has more meaning to me and something that I cherish more and want to be a part of more than the wrestling business. And, um, it was difficult, but you know, it, I, I ultimately feel like it was the right decision. And in the end, that's the most important thing there is as long as you feel it's the right decision for you, for your fiance and for your soon to, you know, soon to be born daughter, if you feel that the answer to all three of those questions is yes, then you've absolutely made the right decision. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something, you know, that, um, like they say in the business, you never say never. I mean, eventually could come back at some point, but um, as of now, definitely, definitely want to just take time away and, you know, reevaluate everything, be a part of my daughter's life, be a part of my fiance's life, get married, get all that settled. And then, you know, a few years go by and everything's heading in the right direction and I have the passion for it again and want to pursue it again and we'll go right back after it. But if not, then I'm okay with where I'm at. So I, I kind of got to ask then, um, just seeing that, you know, you're reti- you're retired now, you're no longer actively wrestling. Mm-hmm. Will you still be, will you still, do you still see yourself maybe attending, say, the, the next upcoming CCW show in August just as a means of support for uh, Paragon? And so like everybody can see you, or are you kind of just going to stay get away from everything for at least the time being? You know, I'm really not sure um, how I'm going to approach that. Um, I always want to support my my brothers and sisters and, you know, let them know that I'm still watching them. I still care about them and I still want to see them succeed and and accomplish everything that they've set out to accomplish. Um, Mm. But at the same time, I think right now for me, the best thing is to stay away from it. And like CCW specifically, um, I don't know exactly how, you know, what the what the storyline pertains to how I'm not going to be included. But, um, you know, I I don't want to spoil anything for the for the fans that are there that paid to see, you know, paid to see the show or anything. So um, I think, you know, I think for the time being, I'll step away. But I mean, if if, you know, some of the promoters and, uh, you know, bookers will allow me to to be in locker rooms at some point, then yeah, I'll definitely, you know, tag along and, and hang out in the locker rooms with some of the guys and, and see some of my, some of my friends that I haven't been able to see in a while. Awesome. Well, uh, definitely, you know, all, all the best in the world to you and stuff. Uh, even though, like I said, our, our time, you, my time getting to know you was pretty brief. I mean, we're only talking since October, and really I don't think I got a chance to get over and say anything after that show, but getting a little bit of time with you after the show this couple weeks ago and stuff, you know, from from this wrestling fan, I just want to take a moment to thank you uh, for, you know, entertaining me and, you know, for being so gracious with your time when I uh, was, uh, talked with you at the, after the show in June. Oh, absolutely, man. Um, and, you know, I appreciate you, uh, you know, thanking me and everything, but, you know, really honestly, thank you. And thank, uh, thank you to all the fans from, you know, all the different States, all the different promotions that's ever watched me work and, uh, booed me, cheered me, whatever, man. It's, it's, it's been a fun time. It's, um, you know, it didn't end up exactly how, you know, I dreamed of as a kid, but at the same time I had, I had a wonderful time. I met a lot of really great people. Um, and I had the opportunity to, to do a lot of traveling that I wouldn't have done otherwise. And, um, for that, I'm forever grateful. And I was overwhelmed and, uh, you know, just very taken back by the the response that my post got on Facebook. When I announced my retirement, I didn't think I would get as many, uh, mm. comments and messages and texts and emails and everything that I got. So thank you to everyone who reached out. It really did mean the world to me. Well, I've always been a firm believer in that, you know, you know, what kind of impact you've made on people's lives, judging by when you come up with something like this or, you know, like I always kind of think about, you know, the the what kind of impact we've had on lives, like, you know, when we're gone, you know, like you go to a memorial service, like say I have, you know, my dad passed away coming up on almost two years since he passed and 
Uh, it really warmed it really warmed my heart to see how many people showed up for his uh, memorial service that we did. Uh, the church that it was at was pretty much full, and I believe it was standing room only. And I've always been a firm believer that that's kind of a good gauge on like how much of an impact you've had on people. And I think you know the responses and you know the emails, the replies, everything is a real. It just kind of goes to show that you had a, a really big impact on the lives of many people. Yeah, man. And that's, and that's at the end of the day, it's what it's all about. And also condolences for your father, brother. I, I, I'm really sorry to hear that. And thank you. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, getting those responses, um, it really did mean the world. I, you know, you, you only see things from a, a very uh, small point of view when you're, when you're actually in the business and you're just going from place to place and you don't really mm-hmm. think about it. And then getting all those responses and all those, uh, you know, replies and everything. It really did. It really did mean a lot. So, yeah. So I'm going to kind of have, we're going to end this on, we're going to end this on a much happier note, you know, cause I'm always a big, you know, let's have fun, you know, glass half full type things. I don't like to end things on a somber note. So we're going to do a uh, last thing I got for you is, is we're going to do a little fantasy booking. So um, I got two questions I'm going to ask you. The first one is going to be, if you could book yourself and Paragon, and I think I know the answer to this. And I just thought of this just as I was asking, but I'm going to ask it anyways. If you could book yourself and Paragon in a tag team match against any tag team ever, uh, who would it be and why? I feel like that we, we're on the same page. Los Guerreros, man. Yep. It's like That's what he's going to answer. So you yeah. did not disappoint. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just, I feel like, once again, with the the tribunal and what we had going, where it was a way more serious dynamic, and you and you mm. look at the Los Guerreros, and they were all fun and and joking and cheating and finding a way to you know make fun of it and everything. Man, I feel like the promos leading up to that, the story leading up to that, uh, it could it would be amazing, man. It'd be so much fun. Awesome. And then now, okay, so now if you could book yourself in a match against anybody, but there's a little bit more to this one. It's going to be against anybody, living or dead. Who would it be? What kind of a match would it be? And uh, and if you could pick an arena for it to be held in, where? Okay, so this one might actually surprise people. But um, for me, it would be myself versus John Cena. Okay. Because and like everybody's like, oh, John Cena, not that guy. But man, could that guy tell a story? People hate mm-hmm. him so much, but man, I love his storytelling. And uh, for me, it would be, you know, honestly, just a singles match. Just a singles match, you know, uh, with a solid build. Um, and as far as venue goes, uh, it would be Ford Field in Detroit. I'm a, I'm a huge Lions fan. I have a lot of memories. I've, and, I've uh, seen that. <laughs> and uh, I, yeah, I have a, uh, a lot of memories in Ford Field. It's a, it holds a special place in my heart. And uh, that would be an awesome place to, to main event a show for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, you're a Lions fan. I'm not going to hold that against you because I'm a Bears fan. Well, so not against you, brother. <laughs> thanks, man. I appreciate that. But, uh, but man, dude, uh, I, this was an awesome interview. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And again, thank you so much for taking the time to do this with me. Um, before I let you go, uh, how can people uh, stay in contact with you? Yeah, man. Uh, my I took down my Jay Thorne Facebook page, so it's not there anymore. Uh, you can follow me on my shoot uh, Facebook page. It's just my first and last name, Jeremy Horn. Um, uh, and then my Instagram and Twitter handles are both the same. It's at Jeremy Horn 50. Um, you know, you can just punch the follow button on there. I'm not much of a follow these days. I don't really post a whole lot, but uh, <laughs> there'll be some, there'll be some baby photos here pretty soon. So maybe that'll get some people to follow. Oh yeah, absolutely. Everybody loves a good baby picture on Facebook. Yeah, for sure. And that's so, and then, um, do you still have a way for people to support you by buying any kind of merchandise? You know, actually, I just thought about that. I still do have, um, some, some shirts available. I may post a link on, um, on Facebook and, you know, just do a flash sale and sell them pretty cheap. But, uh, I'm also, I'm also, I think I have still have a page on pro wrestling tees. It's under Jace Thorne. I have a t-shirt on there. A guy. God forgive me, I can't remember his name. It's been 
couple years ago now, but he did a phenomenal, phenomenal job, made some really sweet artwork for me. And it's a, uh, it's a really cool t-shirt. So. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, my man, uh, Jace, Jeremy, whatever you want to call yourself. Uh, thank you so much for doing this with me again. I wish you the best of luck with the future, you know, Good luck with everything with the upcoming birth of your uh, with your of your daughter. I eagerly await the uh, the posting of the photos because having a six year old, I was there when um, my son was born. In fact, I think I less than five minutes after he was born, I had already posted this first picture on Facebook. So, yep, yep, I'm I'm really excited, man. And Dennis, I, I greatly appreciate you taking the time out to interview a guy that's retired, man. Like uh, I appreciate it, man. I wasn't expecting it at all, but well. Well, I'm going I'm to I'm shoot here and just tell you, like I said, I was just so, just so impressed with uh, the way that you carried yourself in the ring. And then, like I said, having gotten a chance to talk to you for a little bit after the show in June, just the way that you carried yourself, you know, out of the ring and stuff. I was just like, I got to get this guy on. And this was even before you uh, had announced your retirement. Like, I'll actually let tell you this. I, after I walked away from our conversation, I'm like, I have to get him on. I was like, that was going to, I was like the first thing as I was walking away after I, you know, said goodbye to you and uh, Paragon. It's like, I got to get, I got to get Jace on my show. Well, I appreciate that, man. It, it, uh, it really means a lot. And um, yeah, man, like you said, I guess you just never know the impact you're making on people just by, just by being there and doing your thing. So. Right, absolutely, and stuff. So, but uh, man, uh, once again, thank you so much. Uh, have a great evening, and uh, again, best of luck to you. You too, man. God bless. Thank you. What's up, everybody? Listen up. You're listening to Alan Funk, former WCW superstar, Kiwi, and power plant legend. You're listening to What Do You Say with BBJ on the Johnner Podcast Network. All right. Thanks, Jace, for such a great interview. Uh, definitely want to wish you the best in your retirement. And again, congratulations on the uh, upcoming birth of your little girl. You're going to be a great dad, and she's going to be very lucky to have you as a uh, as a father. Um, definitely uh, wish you the best in retirement. Enjoy it. Uh, take care of that family. But uh, when it comes to uh, wrestling shows, man, don't be a stranger. Hopefully, I'll see you sitting in the crowd at uh, the next CCW show, which, by the way, is coming up on August 21st, 2021. Tickets are still available. Just go to Chicago Land Championship. Excuse me, wrestling.com. So, yeah, so uh, that's about all the time I have this week. Oh, before I go, uh, you can definitely reach out to uh, Jace on uh, Facebook at Jeremy Horn as well as other social media outlets. Uh, information will be coming across the screen here in just a sec. And be sure to go to ProWrestlingTees.com to get yourself a Jace Thorne t-shirt. Well, that, now that's all the time I have this week. I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, stay tuned because uh, coming up uh, next week on What Do You Say with DDJ is a uh, very, very, very special guest. One of my personal favorites. And... Uh, the world of professional wrestling, most notably, uh, he currently competes at Ring of Honor. He is a former two-time Ring of Honor World Television Champion. Uh, he is wrestling's last real man, Silas Young. So definitely be on the lookout for that episode. It'll be episode 48, which will drop on uh, at 12 a.m. on July 5th. And it'll be a good way to get yourself ready for the upcoming Ring of Honor pay-per-view, Best in the World. That'll be happening on July 11th, which is available on Honor Club, Fight TV, uh, I believe traditional pay-per-view as well. All right, guys. Well, have a great night, and I hope you enjoyed the show. And don't forget to tune in next week for my uh, very special interview with uh, Wrestling's Last Real Man, Silas Young. Thanks for listening, everyone. Oh, hello. My name is Isaac. I'm one of the hosts of Such Good Shoot Podcast. And I'm here today to do one thing and one thing only. And that's try and get your money. So if you have any money, please give it to us. Give it to us now. Go to patreon.com front slash such good shoot. 
Give us your money. If you want something physical and some, instead of just something fake and uh, ethereal that you get with Patreon, you want something physical, but still give us your money, we've got a merch shop, suchgoodshoot.com, front slash merch. Give us your money, please. We, we want it. We want a lot of it. If you want a variety of wrestling news and history, look no further than the Scumbags of Wrestling family of shows. On Wednesday nights at 6 p.m., join Sean, Stephen, and Jonesy as we look for the best of the best and break it all down in a unique tournament format on Fantasy Warfare Tournament. Then, Thursdays at noon, take a look back at the rich history of our great sport with This Week in History. We live title changes, births, deaths, and some of the best events of all time. Finally, join us for the latest in wrestling news, show results, and predictions Thursday nights at 8 p.m. for the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. The Scumbags Wrestling can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and Instagram, along with our audio versions on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. We're a proud part of the Ontario Indie Wrestling Podcast Network and the Johnners Podcast Network.